You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Minneapolis St. Paul, the fan. City of Anniston, Alabama, representing The Athletic and TheAthletic.com. Can we get a witness and a raucous round of applause for scribe Alec Lewis joining us at Buffalo Wild Wings Crystal for the Friday football feast. You're on fire this morning. You, um, um, Alec writes about... What about uh, me? He writes about... Uh, I mean, you too, but he... Oh, I mean, sure, yeah. Executioner. Obviously, you don't mean it. Right. Right. All right, 3-2, and I'm Dan Patrick. Um, Alec writes about the Vikings, and um, one of the most recent, if not the most recent, uh, would be about potential trades of Vikings players. And I really like how Alec did this because he's like, if the team or if you were considering trading this individual, here's what makes sense, but here's why you wouldn't do it. And from Daniil Hunter to a market potentially for Ezra Cleveland, and so on and so on, unless I missed it, and I'm channeling uh, the old Gene, Kirk Cousins was not involved in that story. No, he wasn't. Which impressed me because it's a low hanger for, for so many that I've just heard it so many times, so many, just so many different ways and times and stuff, like when it's specifically when I do uh, interviews in other markets, like I did one this morning for the game in San Francisco, and you know, it was one of the early questions. So did you not include Cousins in that because it's virtually unrealistic? Or uh, or why? Yeah, virtually un unrealistic. I mean, we've talked about this before, but I mean, first he has a no trade clause. Second, there would be have there would have to be another team that'd be interested enough to make that happen. And if they were interested, they might even have to be so interested that they would be willing to give him an extension. Yeah, you would say have to because he's right. not he's not going to waive it mm. to become a free agent. He's mm. going to want to waive it because that team's giving him oh wow the requisite deal he would get in the off season as a free agent. And a landing spot he wants to go at, and that would cover that would cover for all the well. What if I can't learn the offense quickly and connect yeah. with the receivers? And what if we struggle? Then you'd be secured long term. So yeah, it just to me from everybody I've talked to, and I've talked to a lot of people on it, both in the building, outside the building, other buildings. Um, I I just don't see that as a realistic opportunity at this point. Now, you lose two more games. I mean, maybe there are calls that happen, and, and who knows. But I'm, I chose five guys who I thought were realistic options um, to potentially be on that list. All right, to trade away. 
Correct. Vi current Vikings on roster that could be moved. Correct. All right. So let's, uh, you want to take them one at a time? Sure. Let's start Daniil Hunter, which is fascinating. Uh, Daniil's having a very good season. Yeah. Uh, I think statistically, eyeball test, however you want to look at it, I believe he's tied for the league lead in sacks. Eight sacks. Right? Eight yep. sacks. Tied. Um, and for a defensive line that doesn't have, isn't getting a lot of other pressure from other players, Boy, if you trade Daniil, that is a that would say a lot about the state of the rebuild at that point. And I'm and and uh, quick twitch. I'm I'm remembering this to be in YA story, but if it's not, I apologize. There was a Robert Quinn comparison. There was okay for the fourth rounder with the Bears, right? Yes. And Daniil, you know, O'Connell said it on X's and O's the other night. Maybe said it in a press conference too. The, he stressed the physical nature mm. with which Daniil played yeah. in the game against the Bears. And what I've just learned over the years, when coaches do that and they really stress it, it's it's kind of in a roundabout way being like, we need that every single play of every single game, especially when Jefferson's down. So when I read that, when, when, Alec, when, when, when I read Alec's story, is it preposterous to think, you know, if you do trade Daniil, third-round pick, is that preposterous? No, I don't think that's preposterous, okay. and I think that'd be probably the lightest type of return that the Vikings would right. seek for a guy like him. Robert Quinn was a comparison. Oh, you just, think you can get higher than a third? I think the team would want higher oh, than a third. Well, uh, Robert Quinn is the comparison I use just as a recent edge rusher yeah. who was moved at the deadline. Now, he's much older than Daniil. Right, that's uh, a key difference it, here. It is. Daniil's kind of right in the heart of his career. He is. He's about to turn 29. Um, now, he had, the, he had yeah. the injuries. That plays a factor in the mm -hmm. long-term projection for many team, but yeah. I, I, as I assess the Daniil thing, and as people everywhere want to talk about him being a tra trade candidate for this team, my question is like, so if you move him, yeah, what is the future of your defensive front? Right. I mean, seriously, you, you have no you have no edge rushers waiting in the wings. You have no pass rushing defensive tackle on this roster. Right. Much less waiting in the wings. So, so if you move a guy like him for the future, then you're relying on draft or free agency to find an elite guy, which is not an easy thing. At, uh, no, at not at all. Right. So even if you were to go, even if you were to get, let's say, a second round pick for sure. Daniil, and you turn that pick into a defensive end, who you like? Who knows if that guy's going to work out and be at all meaningful, and is he going to be as good as Daniil? No. He'll just be cheaper than Daniil, who's now this is the last year of Daniil's deal. So you're going to have to uh, re-sign him. But the thing you're really trading away is all of your leverage for Daniil because you have the first opportunity to re-sign Daniil. You've got the franchise tag for Daniil. You give up all of your leverage and any, you know, any leverage you would have in keeping Daniil if you let him go for a third-round pick. I don't like it. And, you, and Paul's probably right that that's probably the most you would get. But I don't know that, that it's worth giving that up when you don't have somebody to walk into that spot. And that's why I led that story with, I mean, honestly, this team is not at the point where they're ready to just move everybody right now. Like, yep. I think mm -hmm. it's a big fan conversation of let's tank. But they're not there yet. I mean, they're two and four. And you win this game, you're three and four. If you're comp if you're competitive in this game, yeah. who's to say that against Jordan Love, Brian Flores isn't going to be able to bother that guy? I mean, with, with how Jordan Love has looked recently, I think Brian Flores' pressure could probably really really affect what they're trying to do offensively so as much as we talk about these guys as trade candidates Daniil is 
your obvious impact player on defense right now, the, the most by far impactful player, especially in the front seven. And so, um, yeah, it, to go there is just, well, I get why people want to do it, but it's, it's difficult right. to, to think. And, and, but see, I don't think it is until we have a slew of past performances on the general manager. Okay, Quasi Adolfo Mensa is still very new. I mean, we're a year and change into it. His first signature move the was was trading within the division the second signature move was trading within the yeah. division <laughs> yeah. uh, so there there have been moves that have been made that have been you know counter culture to what we have seen and or known mm -hmm. um and then you got you know the 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 first slew of draft picks and now all of a sudden we have Asamoa and Booth they're starting to play starting to play a little more um which I want to get into a little later uh but really until we get a significant string of past performances who somebody and I don't say this as an affront to Quasi, like you know like because you came out of the stock brokering world because you came out of the money world the stock world you know that there's not a place for you here I can't say that at all I mean obviously he's general manager of a national football team and in his first year the team won 13 games so that ain't a bad start but having that pedigree well in, in uh, charge would know more about this than me because he's more into stocks than me. Is you find what is hot and you move it when it's hottest to get the most. Right. So inherently, with the background and the pedigree, it's it's trading somebody at any time because their value is exponentially higher than it may be in a month. Why should we be surprised? The other element of. Daniel in, in his situation is this offseason there were a lot of a lot of negotiations with he and the team so Quasi and this front office might have at that time acquired like an idea of this is what Daniel's going to want long term yeah. and with that knowledge just like maybe the Lions did last year with TJ Hawkinson well when they traded TJ Hawkinson they might have known TJ's going to want a top of the market deal and we're well not going to be right. willing to pay that in the long term so yeah. that that future of what Daniil might want yeah. could definitely factor in what the Vikings try to do um, in the next few weeks. And, and the Lions doctors are so good at what they do. When that trade went down, there's a chance they're like, and you know what? We're looking at this ear canal. And by July or August, that thing may go south. And if that thing goes south, do we really want to deal with that and the potential of having to pay a lot of money? And after the ear, the back could flare up. I right. mean, that's usually what happens right after the ear injury. I mean, it's, their doctors are so good there. They saw that in middle school and put it in their back pockets. Yeah. And that potentially all went into Talk yeah. about playing fast. Right. I understand. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, who's next on your list of uh, potential Vikings tradees? Somebody think, on your list, Ezra. Ezra Cleveland. I've now heard this three times. I mean, yeah. it's like, Charge says the Jets came after, or like, are interested in Ezra Cleveland yeah. or what? Then he's in your story. Yeah, you know, it, it, our San Francisco 49ers writer who does a phenomenal job, Matt Barrows, he's covered the team for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. he, he reached out to me recently because, I don't you watch. you said you watched that Browns 49ers game. Yeah. Back, but as I watched that back, I was... Like yeah. these guards on this 49ers, right? Are, and one's not, hurt now. Yeah, it was even it was not impressive at all. I watched it on NFL Network the other night. So I mean, there were some plays they cut out. I didn't all 22 it. Yeah, I couldn't stop watching it. Now, granted, it was low. It was a low score, uh, low scoring slog. A with PJ Walker's awareness of getting out of the pocket with his eyes down the field. I'm like, who knew? Yeah, it was. It was. Who knew that he could do that? And and the hitting by the 49ers defense, are you kidding me? They're absurd. But our 49ers are Matt Barrows. He's like, look, 
Ezra Cleveland, the 49ers liked him out of the draft, so maybe they, oh, wow. he was talking about. But I mean, I, I, what's my man's name? Matt Barrows. Matt Barrows. B a r o w s. But but Ezra Cleveland. I mean, you look at the PFF grade numbers, and this oh. is what I I've had a. <laughs> I've had a complication trying to assess some of these offensive line numbers because sure. Ezra Cleveland, Matt Barrows was like, look, he's graded out well on PFF. He, his run blocking looks great. And I'm like, I don't know if that totally matches yeah, the test, test right, what I've right. seen this year. And again, it could be I'm nitpicking plays. It could be PFF uh, and the graders over there nitpicking plays. But Ezra is on the final year of his rookie deal. The Vikings have not extended him up to this point. And Correct. I think bringing in Dalton Reisner was a bit of a indication of like, yeah, well, we might be willing to try out certain guys at different spots. And right. so um, if Ezra is not going to be back, I think trading him for whatever value could make sense if if you're kind of out of competition. But um, given kind of his injury, he's got a foot injury right now. He didn't practice yesterday. Kevin O'Connell was optimistic about him, but I, I, I'm not totally sure about that. It's so. B-A-R-R-O-W-S. Okay, well, when I tried to follow him, I just got a direct message from Juanita, <laughs> 625 <laughs> who wants to meet me in yeah. Fridley and claims she loves me. I knew you were going to do that. Okay, but anyway, That's go ahead. Uh, I love you, and I'll meet you in Crystal right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, is he, everything you said, I, I think you've really encapsulated the Ezra Cleveland situation. Yeah. It really comes down to this. If you already know you're not going to resign him in the offseason and you've got Reisner ready to walk into left left guard, Bingo. then bang, you go make that move. And over the last few weeks, I've tried to figure out, like, Reisner has been here and he hasn't played. And, yes, he's, I'm sure, been working up the game shape and all that right. stuff. But, like, why, why would he be here if he's not playing? And so then you think maybe they thought long term, right. Ezra could be a guy we move at the mm -hmm. deadline and then we have a guy in Dalton Reiser who could step in immediately and yeah. potentially raise the level of that offensive line. So he has to be a candidate at this point, Ezra Cleveland. You know, um, we were talking about how Daniil wouldn't get necessarily the draft capital that you'd think his name would. Right. Offensive lines are so thin across the NFL. I think you could get a surprising amount for Ezra Cleveland in the same ballpark of what you might get for Daniil Hunter, which sounds absurd, but it's just the state of offensive lines are so bad and teams are so thin that I wouldn't be surprised if you get a third or fourth rounder for a functional guard like Cleveland. That's where I wonder with some of these PFF grades that have the Vikings so high. It's like, is maybe the rest of the league offense, offensive line play bad. so bad that the Vikings... Vikings... I mean, seriously, right. because... Um, the, the grades and, and where the Vikings rank in all those things just fascinates me cons consistently. But you're right in that if opposing teams who want to win, like the 49ers do, and value the run game as heavily as the 49ers yep. do, could acquire a guard and have depth. I mean, it, 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 that that's a team in a situation that would make sense. And, and you could probably net, I don't know, a fourth, fifth, right. sixth rounder, which, well, I mean... I'm not interested in a sixth rounder. Those don't move the needle. Get, talk to me about a third, well, six, maybe a fourth. Six-round picks move the needle when you move three first-rounders and a second, <laughs> and you need that extra six to get Caleb Williams. There you go. Well, then... Then, that, then, then they move the needle. That, that's right. Uh, also on your list, I'm guessing, was Justin Jefferson on the list? No, absolutely no. not. Ah. I, I will. I whether they internally would ever think about it or not, I, I can't ever think about trading that guy. Just can't. I I, I will never be there. Um, whether it's smart or dumb or well, whatever, but I, I watched. I, I was. We were talking about this a couple of the writers and I the other day, but like we were talking about Justin and his competitiveness during training camp and yeah. how we kind of just overlooked it 
but he he had one of the greatest training camps probably we ever saw, and it, we just it just like was what it was. Um, and so, yeah, no, I will never. Okay. Did you happen to see him or talk to him in the locker room after the Bears game? Did you see him in there? No. Like I saw him out on the field. I snapped a picture pregame, put it on Twitter. JJ looked sad. He looked sad. I saw that. Yeah. I chatted with him a little bit as he was heading to the locker room. He and KJ, uh, just with some inspirational words. And um, then after the game. I don't know what was going on with him, man, but, I mean, they just won. I just think I'm guessing here that he was so upset and pissed off he couldn't play in the game yeah. that it just, like, threw him off. You know what I mean? Because he was like, he wasn't Smiley JJ. Yeah, I mean, he is a guy who, again, when, when, when people talk about, I don't know, will he sit out the rest of the season, all this stuff, it's like, I hope people realize the competitor that this guy has always yeah. seemed to Thank be. You. I mean, he showed up yeah. to training camp when he never had to. He showed up to – he was – from from people I talked to or close to him, he was really upset that he couldn't be there for OTAs. Like, he didn't show up, <laughs> but he was upset. Like, I want to yeah. be and, – and, like, it was part of, yeah. I think, some of the contractual stuff. But then he showed up to training camp and, again, gave it everything he had. So he wasn't on my list. Whether he should be or not, I mean... Now, well, okay, probably not, but as somebody very dear and beloved to me said recently, trading high is hard to do. How is John Juvie? <laughs> but if trading, it takes guts, but we are talking about a stock trader. If you, and there's got to be, has to be a lot of internal frustration for the people who've been trying to get JJ a new deal for almost a year, haven't gotten there. I don't know what's in Rob Brzezinski's head. I don't know what's in Kwesi's head. The, but there has to be some frustration that they haven't been able to close this deal that they've been working on for a long time. I'm just saying, it's to me, it's non-zero that Justin Jefferson get, gets moved if this thing, if they, again, if they look to the future, they go, yeah. we can't sign him. We don't think it's realistic to sign him. We don't think he's going to play on his fifth-year deal next year. Mm -hmm. We don't want to franchise tag him. So we're going to take There's, Addison. Just in case. Just in case. Oh, now, and, and YA is, is shaking. I'm shaking. No. I, can't, I can't. Oh, no, no, no. That's fine. But see, you know, uh, Alec would know more about this than me because he's beat writer guy getting background and like, and like crafting. He's got the croutons right now for the chef salad. The chef salad <laughs> is either he's gone Correct. or he gets, he gets a deal. Um, I'm not exactly sure how hard or how much work has been done on like, let's get this done now. I'm just not sure about that. Are you? You think they've worked arduously on it? I think they worked arduously on it prior to the season in the lead up. And All right. from what I know, I thought there was a chance that it might happen at that point. And then kind of toward the end, things sputtered out a little bit in a way that surprised, I think, a lot of people around the team. So that that's what I'll say at this point. Um, I just I think about uh, the Boston Red Sox trade of Mookie Betts. And it defined that entire general manager's time there. To be was the that guy, Epstein? Uh, no. no. Blank, it's Heim Bloom, who yeah. ended up getting fired recently. But Sounds like a TV channel. To, to be the guy who traded Justin Jefferson, to me, is a, not a place you ever want no, to be. No, no, look, if it, it's, at that point, it is you know full-blown meltdown rebuild. But it's I'm just <laughs> saying non, just non-zero chance. Yeah. If the team's pretty convinced that there's just not a future here, yeah. But you're it's it's football's version of the macabre, yeah. and you are the head executioner. You should be loving this. <laughs> just the mere speculation of a head rolling. Now I'll say this: as we talked about last week, <laughs> with the amount of needs that they have on the interior defensive line, hey. on the edge, yeah. potentially at linebacker, at cornerback, interior offensive line, 
with the amount of needs they have and the amount of draft capital, tra draft capital and pieces they have. All also, right, three, two. <laughs> also, with the need to potentially go up and get a young quarterback, it's yeah. hard to figure out how they would have enough value and capital to go do that. So um, it, you're you're trying to find ways to figure out how this team's going to have enough bullets to fire. So we'll we'll. I, I mean, I don't know. I. It is uh, YA Radio. Young Alec, Alec Lewis with the Athletic and theAthletic.com at Alec underscore Lewis. If you would like to follow him on Twitter, as 9 to Noon does, uh, we have the pit and piece and um, a short pause when we return. A more conversation about the purple and gold and uh, the potential art of an upset and or execution of everything scarlet. But uh, first, here's Norda with the cash bag. The fan along with two men in a junk truck, they want to give you a chance to put a grand in your hand with the National Cash Contest. Go to KFAN.com, enter the keyword check. And you might win $1,000. The keyword is check the website, kfan.com. Time now. The Fan, presented by the Minnesota Lottery. Play the new Viking Scratch game for a chance to win up to $100,000. Vikings assistant coach Mike Patton joins PA after this. I'm in. Back to the feast in a minute, but indeed, here's assistant head coach and outside linebackers coach Mike Pettin. And uh, the vaunted 49ers are looming for Monday Night Football. You caught Joey Bosa week three. Now it's his brother, Nick. What makes Nick a tough customer? Well, I mean, I think there's the word right there, tough. Uh, I mean, he's got ideal size, speed, uh, and power for the position. He just has that great knack. I mean, he's a natural pass rusher. He understands the the graduate level details of of uh, offensive pass protection, uh, and I think what sets him further above everybody else is is uh, his passion for the game. I mean, it's it's easily demonstrated by uh, his his relentlessness as as a defender. Their left tackle Trent Williams has been in the eyes of some the career target at which Darrisaw should shoot because of the way Christian plays. Uh, what are the similarities? Yeah, that that would be a great choice to uh, to pattern yourself after. Uh, I I think Trent Williams will go down as one of the best offensive linemen ever to play this game. I was in Baltimore when when uh, Jonathan Ogden played a good portion of his career, and and I would put Trent up there in his very rarefied air. Uh, the most obvious comparison to CD, I think, I think is their athleticism. You know, they're both extremely quick. Uh, and have a lead. The FAN, the fan. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Spread the word. The JCPenney Friends and Family Sale is back. And this week, we're passing the savings on to you. Use your extra 30% off coupon to prep your home and style your family for Easter. That's extra savings on top of our great low prices. Plus, share your coupon with everyone you know and love. It's always better when we save together. JCPenney. Make everybody count. Offer valid 311 through 317. Exclusion supply. See store or jcp.com for details.
but it must have been a wrong time. I just did the right thing. Nine to noon Friday football feast continues at FM 100.3 KFAN. It is PA in charge with Alec Lewis from The Athletic and TheAthletic.com by our side. Uh, we, uh, we have been pining for three keys to victory for the Minnesota Vikings. If we started the show talking about the art of execution and or an upset and slaying the scarlet, we have our ideas. If the Minnesota Vikings were to win this football game, what would some keys be in good morning? Yeah, three ideas, all right? You didn't three, say good morning. Three, good morning. No, it's great to see you. Um, three ideas for the Vikings. The, the three things the Vikings need to do to win this football game. Mm-hmm. The first... Pretty obvious. Turnovers. Yep. Yeah. The 49ers lead the NFL in turnover margin. Uh, and where are the Vikings? The uh, Vikings are third to last. Yeah. yeah. Well, a, we're minus seven. It's getting better. It is a, getting better. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. great. 15 point. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's great. <laughs> yeah. 15 <laughs> differential between where the 49ers are and where the Vikings are in turnovers. So that's it. Go. Limit the turnovers. This is a team that the 49ers are going to be, I mean, Fred Warner is going to be trying to poke the ball out at every opportunity. Oh, yeah. That, that's the first thing. The second it's also pretty obvious, but stay out of third and long. It was a gigantic issue this past Sunday against Chicago. Against Chicago. Right. And the Viking staff talked a lot about how they knew the Bears and some of their movement would give the Vikings problems. Mm-hmm. But, like, this is not a game where you can have any excuse of, oh, we, well, we knew the personnel of the 49ers were going to give us problems. It's pretty well, obvious. Well, yeah, they give everybody right problems. That Eric Armstead yeah. and Nick Bosa and Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw are, are really good players. So, Stay out of third and long. This team, the Vikings, are converting like 60% of their third downs when they're third and short. So it's, it's Which just, is good. It's, a, it's good, and it's a massive gap between when they're third and long and third and short. So that's, that's the second key. The third key is, is affect Brock Purdy. Yeah. Like really just make him uncomfortable in the pocket, whether that's pressure from Brian Flores. I mean, I, I, I consistently feel like the Vikings have chances in, in most of these games against quarterbacks who they can, they can rattle. Like Justin Fields was obviously rattled. Bryce Young, obviously rattled. If, yeah. if, Bright, if, if Brock Purdy, who has been pretty solid he really has. orchestrating that offense, mm-hmm. like he throws with great anticipation. This past weekend against the Browns, he was pretty inaccurate in a way that was very atypical to what he's okay. shown. Do you guys realize how good the Browns' defense is? They're incredible. No, no. I, I, I saw your list. You've got a bullet point of where they lie in every... It's this, insane. It's crazy. This is, there, nobody... It's It should be... It should be the biggest talker in the league. Should be the Browns on pace right now to be the best defense Def- ever. Yeah. And this is what happens when you acquire Dalvin Tomlinson and Zadarius Smith. Save right. it for post YA in the ten four seven. We may need it. We but, might need it. But those are the three keys. Turnovers and and, and win that margin. Mm-hmm. Stay out of third and long mm-hmm. and affect Brock Purdy. If you do those three things, I All think right. you have a chance in this game. Well, well, with the turnovers piece, absolutely. Uh, Purdy just threw the first interception of, uh, of the year and he you know the wind and the rain and everything may have played into it. So part of part of being the perfect quarterback for next level, excuse me, Kyle Shanahan's <laughs> offense is obviously connecting the dots of first down divinity, and that's why Garoppolo was really good at that. But the kid with the high cheekbones didn't have the arm. See Emmanuel Sanders in the Super Bowl. Uh, so now Purdy has the arm, has the brain, and has the mobility as two rushing touchdowns. So what I'm getting at here is this is the most difficult task of forcing fumbles and taking interceptions. We will see the entire season. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, Pollyanna-ish as it may be, and I hope they get some turnovers, but we can't dispute 
that, what do they have, 18 sacks? 10 of the 18 sacks this year have come against Carolina and Chicago. Correct. All right, both defensive touchdowns have come against Carolina and Chicago. So if you if you have even what you think is a puncher's chance of jumping back in the division race yeah. uh, or sustaining, because even if they lose this game, the way the NFC is shaping up, yes, you can win three or four in a row, and you're, you might be the second wild card team. And they realize that. But if you want to pull this upset, you know, and, and you are reliant on, hey, look at all this film, guys. These guys drop it. This guy throws it to the wrong team. That ain't it this week. No, they, they are so sharp in how they operate on both sides. I mean, the ter- defensively, you said this, but they fly to the football in a way that, like, just does not show up for many other teams. I mean, the, yeah. like, these This linebacker- Lenore is unbelievably good. Lenore is great. And, and Charvarius Ward, yeah. I, you know, I used to live in Kansas City, and I would right. watch him with the Chiefs, and I was, was like— very inconsistent I there. was like, this guy, I'm not really sure. But yeah. you watch him with the 49ers. I mean, they're not afraid to mm. have him press and jam mm. guys at the Absolutely. line of scrimmage. Yeah. And after a Chart week, said Bashad Breeland was better than Moore. <laughs> that is not true. After a week where the Vikings receiver, I mean, Jordan, this is a game where Jordan Addison has to show up in one-on-one coverage. Like this is a game where Kirk Cousins but has to find some of these guys. Jordan in- did show up in one-on-one coverage at Chicago. And so did Hawkinson, and so did Osborne. In spurts, yes. I mean, Jordan, obviously, Jordan Addison obviously dropped the, the pass deep yep. down the sidelines. T.J. Hawkinson was open at times where Kirk Cousins didn't find him. And it's going to take Kirk Cousins extending plays, holding on to the football, trying to, to make plays in the pocket, which mm-hmm. at times this year it feels like he's been quick to get rid of the ball. Now, is that because of the amount of hits that he took last year and the year before? It, it's hard to really know. But it's gonna, it is going to take... A, a, a premium effort from Kirk. And I continuously think, like, what if the story after this game is Kirk Cousins, who's been 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 criticized for his play in big performances for his entire career, <laughs> against this coach who has always believed in him. I love this. If Kirk Cousins, mm-hmm. you, if, wow. if he brings the Vikings back to competitiveness uh, on 25 and 3 against, in a game-winning drive. Against Kyle Shanahan. Like, what if that's the narrative after wow. this game? Um, it's possible, and it will be fascinating well, to see. Yeah, it, incre- it only it would be smart because money matters to Kirk, and there's nothing wrong with that. And it only increases his leverage at the end of the season as a free agent to go to San Francisco. <laughs> so I mean, the better you play against them, the more money you might be making up I, in here. I wrote earlier this week: Vikings two and four in need of inspiration on Monday night. Maybe the best offensive mind in the NFL, a guy who has always believed in wow. Kirk Cousins, watches as Kirk puts the Vikings on a path to go to competitiveness. I was, hey. it was. In my head earlier. Uh, hey, I got to get a round of applause even if you're not listening. This man right here just moved me. First down, dots of divinity right now it's there the, from the gridiron gospel. It's not going to be easy at all. Right, I'm just right. going to be very clear. Right, but see, you mentioned Charvarius Ward, and it's it just plays into the layers of the next level thinking they do with the San Francisco 49ers. So in other words, Charvarius Ward ain't great, okay? He's not bad, but he's ain't, he's never been great, but he's never been bad. So like John Lynch to next level Shannon. You know, Kyle, we're probably going to be seeing the 40, the uh, uh, Chiefs in the, in the Super Bowl here every so often because I think we're going to be good, and so do you. Uh, so let's just try to deplete parts of their roster, and we'll start with this guy because we can afford him, all right? And then, uh, then the um, the seventh rounder gets hurt in the playoff game, and then the guy who's played for 18 teams comes in, and they have no shot. So now we fast forward to 2023. All right, well, 
Yeah, man, Jalen looked really good in that game, and they got these Georgia kids and everything, and, and they're, they're going to be really good up front with Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham. So let's search between the couch cushions for every dollar we can find and go get Javon Hargrave, who's one of the t what? What they do? It's, uh, it's absurd. Oh, I thought you said they gave up a third. So I'm <laughs> like, wow, he has three sacks. I remember yeah. him from last year when the Vikings went there and got killed. He's one of the strongest guys in the NFL. He's a freaking monster, specifically on a line with Armstead what and about Randy Rosa. Gregory. Well, Randy Gregory too. I mean, and he, of course he gets a sack in the in his first game. <laughs> but but Gregory has been mercurial and/or enigmatic, no doubt. Hargrave is just a straight eight Stud. year from somewhere badass, and so we're going to get him because he's good. We're going to get him because he helps, and we're going to deplete the number one team in some way to beat in this conference. They're playing so freaking fast right now, it's impressive. <laughs> it's amazing. It really is. Like, in Hufanga, you turn on the tape, and you're like, is that, is that Troy Pop? Like, what is going on with who I'm seeing right? with long, flowing hair, a deep safety? It is. I mean, and, and they've missed. I mean, they traded multiple picks to go get Trey Lance. How? We know how, how? that but, but How about that? I mean, it's just like Howie Roseman at times he drafted Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson. So it's not like they're yeah. perfect, but with the amount of shots that they've taken, they have hit on so many of them. And it, it, it has turned a team into a juggernaut that is going to be really tough to beat for the Vikings and any other team that, that matches up with them. All right, a quickie. We have uh, 45 seconds left. Go ahead. Um, I, read, I saw this tweet. I thought I'd read it to you, Alec. Yeah. It says, the Vikings defense deserves a lot of credit for its improvement in limiting explosive plays. Last year, with Ed Donatel as defensive coordinator, Minnesota ranked 27th in the percentage of explosive plays allowed. This year, with Brian Flores orchestrating things, Minnesota ranked second in uh, explosive plays allowed. Second best. Wow. Now, what, is explosive... what type of analyst would come up with a tweet like that? <laughs> that would be Alec 20, Lewis. How it, about that? Is it 20 yards or more? Is that the definition yeah. for explosive here? No, it's actually... I thought it was. It's a pass that's 16 or more or oh. one that's 12 or more. Mathematically, okay. those okay. are the I numbers. Like that, a 12-yard pass is not explosive. A 16-yard pass or a 12-yard run. run. Uh, okay. I mean, a 16-yard pass with some yak might be... <laughs> Okay, <laughs> I understand. No, I'll I'll, get, I'll uh, send you the mathematician okay. so you can argue that. Was one. it positive for the Vikings? Um, well, yeah, they they moved excellent. from twenty seventh to second. All right. Well, then book Sam Papabalooza <laughs> for four days next week, and I'm, I'm going to subscribe to uh, Pro Football yeah, Focus. No, look, I mean that stat to me, it, it it shows everything that Brian Flores has been about. It, it, Brian Flores knows the talent that he has, and he also knows that the quickest way to give up points is to give up explosive plays. And at mm -hmm. the very least, they are not doing that, and they're making offenses methodically move the ball down the field, which is a smart approach. And Brian Flores, I said this same thing last week, but he deserves a lot of credit for what he's done with the personnel that he has. Yeah. Moving forward, without Marcus Davenport, it's going to be even tenfold, um, considering the edge rusher talent he Good has. seeing you, my brother. You too, Pete. Thank you. Hey! Alec Lewis, athletic, athletic.com, man. He does a really, really good job uh, writing and on the radio. Great to have him at the Friday Football Feast. Uh, some more fantasy fodder and a league-wide conversation around the corner. Uh, paving the way for the 11.03 and uh, the 9 to noon and Friday Football Feast debut of uh, the Timberwolves Vox, Alan Horton joins us for the forechecking fee. I make that the front court feast at 11 o'clock. Buffalo Wild Wings Crystal is the... BKFAN, the fan.
careful with Johnny Pecker. They say, is that really all your Time for two more. The Vikings. Because I just don't believe it's fair to judge a man by the length of his hair. PA in charge. of the Friday football and now the front court feast uh, and it's provided by Coors Light the official beer sponsor of U.S. Bank Stadium indeed PA in charge into the final hour and um, a respite from the Minnesota Vikings San Francisco 49ers conversation as uh, we're very happy to welcome in uh, the super talented and longtime radio voice of the Minnesota Timberwolves, now calling games Wednesday night on KFAM and also on the exclusive dedicated Timberwolves channel as part of the free, vast and ever-expanding iHeartRadio app. Can I get a witness and a raucous round of applause for Mr. Alan Horton, ladies and gentlemen? How about that? How? and charge it is great to see you guys my man good to see you all right um i gotta step on the touchdown call because i know how charge likes to start things and i love it about him it, it's going to be before we talk about shake melton and get into cat and rudy working together <laughs> let's uh, let's get to know you a little bit alan uh before yeah. he gets before he goes down down that road um how about this alan tells me that he was on a friday football feast with you and i a, like a decade and change ago what uh, what gives there <laughs> we were talking al jefferson so it was a <laughs> long, long ago long time ago this really be at least a dozen yeah maybe 13 well the years feast ago. began in 09 so it had to have been it must have been in it, that was, era. it was in 09 yes yeah, right something there. like that because wow. we were on the fan for a few years um you know this was the original not the original home but for so long the timberwolves were on k fan mm -hmm. went away for a few years came back and then went away and now back again. So Great. really the third iteration of All right. the Wolves and, and K-Fan and iHeart. Well, I mean, there's much about which to chat. And we welcome you to the Friday Football Feast. And, and it's the Friday Front Court Feast right now. But let me again channel my inner co-host. Uh, a lot <laughs> to chat about. Anthony Edwards and the crossover dribble. And he's dunking on everybody. And you just <laughs> were in Abu Dhabi. So who did you like more? Sheikh Milton <laughs> or Sheikh Mohammed bin Rashid Al Maktoum? But, uh, but Alan, let's uh, get to know you a little bit. Uh, where are you from? And uh, what led you to wanting to do NBA play-by-play? -play? Well, it was really a desire to do broadcasting uh, in general. I never know what, which direction it would end up in. It just happened to be in the NBA. You want As a young broadcaster coming up, I always tell people, you know, keep your options open, right? So I did all sorts of sports, whether it was, you know, water polo in Southern California, wow. whether it was girls volleyball, whether it was yeah. soccer, whether it was baseball, Damn. football, um, at all sorts of levels, you're just... You're building that resume so that when an opening does come up, you, you've got an avenue to try to progress. And it sure. just happened to be in basketball. Um, but Western Massachusetts is where I grew up. Um, shout out to the 413, if anybody's listening out there on the iHeartRadio app. On um, with that 413. It takes up half of Massachusetts, but it's only like a, a, a tenth third of the, the people. A tenth of the population, right? Right. 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 Um, and then I've been sort of all over from New York to Vermont to Southern California, San Diego. Uh, you'll appreciate being, spending some time at Del Mar. Yeah. And I actually went to oh, school yeah. in Saratoga Springs. At, uh, oh, wow. You know, so 
Off seasons there were nice at the Saratoga uh, racetrack there. Yeah, I've never races. been. I worked at Del Mar uh, five years uh, where the turf meets the surf, Absolutely. and it's phenomenal. But I've never been to Saratoga Racecourse, and oh. you know all the people with whom I work at Canterbury, they've all been, and they all and they tell me like the paddock has trees in it, and the horses are like beautiful. getting saddled, walking around trees. And man, I got to go sometime. It is beautiful. The Traverse Stakes is the big one there, and uh, yeah. occasionally the Breeders' Cup will come through. Um, so I've kind of bounced around, spent some time in Wyoming, spent some time in Seattle before mm -hmm. here, working for the Sonics and Storm. Yeah. And then this is 17 years with the Timberwolves. 17? So, wow. Oh, man. You know, it, it's and funny. every year calling games by yourself? Uh, the first year, my partner was Billy McKinney, oh. who moved oh, yeah. on to the Bucks front office. Okay. Yeah. And now is the mayor of his hometown of Zion, Illinois. Mm. No way. And then my, wow. my second year huh. was with Kevin Lynch, who came over from the Gophers. Yeah. Um, and Kevin joined me for a year, and then... Uh, some restructuring happened in 08, 09, somewhere in there, and uh, he eventually jumped back onto television, so it was fun. He was on the call the other night, so traveling yeah. with him last night Sweet. was kind of a throwback. Um, I love Kevin. And so, But since those first two years, the last 15 have been solo. Didn't okay. just kind of happened, and then right. kind of just going on from there. Yeah, but now that uh, A-Rod and Lori have the team, they probably can go out there and get you an analyst at about 450 a year. And, <laughs> and it, it, granted, you won't, you won't get to talk as much, but, but actually at the latter stages of a career, saving the voice ain't a bad idea. Not bad. That's good thinking right there. Uh, I don't think it's on the top of their priority list. I think they've got some bigger, <laughs> some bigger things to, okay. uh, if, to accomplish. If you were worse at your job, there'd be more of a need yeah, for a, a really second voice. Job, you know, hey, the thanks. problem. The problem is, you, you make it sound easy, yeah. so people listening and you know, like, oh, he doesn't need the help. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm just happy now that when I'm listening, to, when I was listening to him on CCO or whatever, and I'm like, damn, man, he's, he's calling his butt off right now. Or Superstats Dave Hanlon, his home game statistician, longtime dear friend of mine, yeah. pointing some things out about Allen during a call. So I'm like, hey, I'll listen. Now when I put it on Twitter... I don't have to be concerned about going to work the next day <laughs> and having the big bosses at KFAN and iHeart being like, can you stay away from the... No, they never did that. Uh, well, but I, I appreciate that, and it's always nice to hear oh, that man. feedback. I love listening so to you. So many people in the Twin Cities have been listening for so long, and um, I just enjoy I enjoy what I do. I know you guys enjoy what you do. And it, yeah, and it sometimes. Me. It comes... <laughs> well, you didn't enjoy what you did when you were yelling at Ed Malloy. Uh, well, Ed Malloy, I took that personally because he screwed us over, so if he's going to go that Route, I have to do what I have to do, right? I mean, it, it's on. Oh, that's awesome. It's on him, and I don't go in with any preconceived. Yeah. You know, Curtis Blair overcalled, overturned oh. the Anthony Edwards dunk over Gabe Vincent two years oh, ago. Oh, oh wow. I still haven't Not, forgotten still, that. Still better. Miami, one of the yeah. greatest in-game dunks I've ever seen. Right, he said it was a charge. And uh, was it here or in Miami? It was here. It was here. It was here. It right. Was almost well, uh, two uh, years it's, ago. That's great. You're able to do that, and that's something on which I need to work. But now, maybe because we only have a, one game a week. And 17 of them, you know, minus the playoffs. Yep. But there's a referee who made his debut last year named Trey Blake. First year ref. And he had our Indianapolis Colts game where we got down 33-0. And from Stephon Gilmore basically trying to punch and decapitate Justin Jefferson <laughs> and not getting thrown out and Blake's looking right at it mm -hmm. to just uh, just egregious calls and, and mistakes through the entire game, man. It just really frustrated me. So, like... When, when, like, Brad Allen last week was doing our game at Soldier Field. It's just like it's kind of a flippant reference whenever there's, you know, a missed call or they messed up the clock or something. He's channeling his inner Trey Blake. Yeah. Where he's channeling his inner, you know, Ken Mowers channeling his inner Ed Malloy. Sometimes it just doesn't leave, you know what I mean? Yep. No, it sticks up there, and, and I, you know, I, I reference it any time it can. Same kind of thing where you just... Um, 
you know, it, it, again, it, these guys have an incredibly hard job to do. I mean, well, it, tr for anybody who thinks the refs have an easy job, just sit and watch a game courtside, if you can get courtside. Sit courtside um, and, and try to, or just go down and ref a 10-year-old league or something yeah. like that. It's really hard to do. And guess what? They keep giving those guys more and more responsibilities mm. every year. Mm. Like this year, they have to worry about now whether you flopped on a play or did, did charge embellish yeah. Uh, yeah. falling backwards. Mm. Meanwhile, they're still trying to determine whether it was a block charge, and i got to watch to see if you yeah. because that could be now a technical and now right. wow. a four-point right. play. Well, Just crazy. And, and by the way, I love that they're doing this, and I hope they do crack down on it. It yeah. really can erode the integrity of the game. Flopping can. Yep. I mean, Players push. Mm -hmm. They push the boundaries. For uh, sure they do. All the time. James uh, Harden's the king of that. They push the boundaries, and if you don't reel them in, they'll keep pushing it forward. Charge was suspended for the final four feast this year for embellishing <laughs> yes. the fantasy wherewithal of a running back named Damian Pierce. It's true. So he, we, we have we are going to give Damian some time to work through it, uh, but nevertheless that suspension is pending. I heart suspension. Uh, Alan suspension. Horton calls uh, Minnesota Timberwolves games for KFAN and the I heart radio and I heart uh, media family. You'll be able to hear him. Any preseason games left? Done. Okay, done, right, with yeah, Chicago last night. This was last the last night. one, yeah. So Toronto, uh, what would that be, 6 or 6.30? That is a going to be a 6.15 pregame 6.40 tip. Yep, 6.40 tip from north of the border. Yeah. And um, it is the Wolves in Toronto. You will hear that game on FM 100.3 KFA and can't wait. Also, all of the games on the dedicated Timberwolves channel on the free iHeartRadio app. So take a peek at that now. Uh, we'll chat uh, more Wolves and uh, get into some different stuff with Alan around the corner from Buffalo Wild.